I'm Shannon. I'm Mark. And this is Dirt Sailor, the podcast. You can find us on Podbean, Apple, and Spotify. We also have Facebook and Instagram pages under Dirt Sailor Podcast. Happy Throat Punch Thursday. Happy Throat Punch Thursday. How are you doing today? All things considered with the state of the country and the world, not too bad. Same, same. Been a terrible week. That it has been. Quite a terrible week. So where do you want to start? Well, we can start with the unfortunate, obvious choice and the fallout of everything that has gone on in Texas. Yes, and I took so many notes and did so much reading, listening, and it keeps changing minute by minute. Day by day, minute by minute, the the truth, if you will, and is coming out to be different each time. And I understand that they need to find what is the real truth, how things actually went down. But it seems like something should be pretty known right away. When was the first call? When was the first response? And when was the call to breach the facility or not breach the facility? And we keep getting all different answers. So originally it was reported that there was a school resource officer that took fire and That was like the lead off of the whole event. Later it came out there was no school resource officer on site. And the kickoff of the event was this deranged 18-year-old coming into the building and doing what he did. Then it comes out that, oh, apparently there was all sorts of things happening before he even got to the school. There's reports from parents that they were outside having to listen to shots being fired, and ultimately that would be the shots that were killing their children. And then there's reports that a mom found her way into the school building despite the fact that it was surrounded by cops who were not going in there and stopping the situation and rescued her children. Other reports say that um, the... CBP official who came on site and ultimately neutralized the perpetrator did so because his wife called him and said what was going on and he came to the school and handled the situation when there were apparently dozens of officers on site. Even the head, I don't know what his title is, but the head of the officers there. I don't know if he's chief of police. I don't know if he's some sort of regional director. He said they did it wrong and they handled it poorly. They did. And they go through active shooter training quite often, even though this was a very small town. And unfortunately, that is not the time to make mistakes or make misjudgments. I understand we can't armchair quarterback. But you have people on the scene there that absolutely saw the officers lie back, even if they were outside of the building. A lot of the experts that I've watched on the news the last day and a half have said that when it's an active shooter with children, they go towards the gunfire as quickly as possible. Because there's belief that a lot of the kids, had they breached quicker, would still be alive, unfortunately, or fortunately. Well, it is unfortunate because they're not alive. They did not breach sooner. 
And some have come out, whether the report is true or not, and said that they were hoping for a negotiation on a hostage situation. And quite honestly, I thought we had stopped the negotiation of hostage situations back at 9-11. Now, 9-11, you have hijackers taking over planes. They thought it was going to be another situation where they negotiate get a bunch of money, go to some foreign country, or they want the release of someone. But instead, they did what they did on 9-11. After that, we treat every plane hijack as if it's going to crash into a building. We do not negotiate any longer. Which we shouldn't, and they should not have waited 55 minutes or an hour, 40 minutes, whatever the, whatever the time frame was. And the parents are reporting that one mom said she was handcuffed, another dad was tased, another pepper sprayed, another tackled to the ground. If you had the time to pepper spray, tase, tackle to the ground, handcuff, you had the time to try to find a window, break it, and shoot. And apparently that's getting in took getting keys from a principal But you have the principal who had to give up his keys to get into the building. It's like, okay, that was somewhat secure. And then there's, uh, again, jumping stories, but then there's other stories that the police officers were going to different classrooms and breaking out windows and getting the kids out that way from the other classrooms. So why couldn't they do something more with this? I mean, again, a hostage situation, we're long past hostage situations. Yes, and the parents that were there are very upset because it took the officers so long to breach, and they sat and did what they feel they didn't immediately engage the shooter. There was plenty of officers to do what she felt they needed to be done, with one exception. The incident commander inside believed he needed more equipment and more officers to do a tactical breach at the time. The incident commander needs to be let go. I know, armchair quarterbacking, but you have an active shooter And you don't have more time. So if you need more time, you're in the wrong job or the wrong position. Oh, absolutely. And even though the 18-year-old purchased the ARs legally, from what we're to understand, semi-automatic can fire off some rounds pretty fast. So you can take out, unfortunately, a human relatively quick. And yes, you could, and it's semi-automatic, which is one of the most popular styles of weaponry in the United States. Almost everyone who has a gun has a semi-automatic. Automatics, unless you have some sort of special license, they're practically non-existent for the average person. You can't just go out and buy one. Bolt-action rifles or single-shot or you know, non-semi-automatic guns are fewer and farther between. Not that they don't exist and not that people don't have them, but the semi-automatic gun, whether it is a long gun or a handgun, is one of the most popular. So you are going to take out the sale of hundreds of thousands of guns. And not that the sale itself is okay. And we want to make it harder. So should we make them less accurate? I mean, then you just have a wild shot every time. You don't know where it's going to go. That doesn't sound like the answer. No, and even if they were single-shot weapons, it doesn't matter. A killer is a killer is a killer. 
Right. And so one of the things that I started looking into myself was all of these killers who have gotten guns and people are saying how we need gun reform laws because clearly all of these 18-year-old killers are out there. Well, one, they are not all 18, but unfortunately it does seem like the ones that are making the biggest name for themselves are in fact around that age. You had the shooting in 1999 in Colorado with the two individuals. I'm not going to name. I don't want any more notoriety for any of them. Which is exactly what Elon Musk said to the news media this week. Stop publishing their names. Yes. Quit giving them so much notoriety. So you have those two, and they were high school seniors who did what they did. Then you have the 2012 where the... They're still trying to figure out what possessed him to go into that particular school, but he stole his mom's guns and killed her and then went to the school. And then you have this particular case where he apparently had, again, this is a case where there's known mental health issues because in 2012 there was a known mental health issue And then present, there's a known mental health issue. So unless those mental health issues are reported and somehow categorized or logged somewhere, this 18-year-old still would have passed a background check. The problem isn't adding universal background checks. The problem is making sure that we put the things on there that would stop them from getting guns. But the thing about that is they will still find a way. They will find a way to do the harm that they intend because on the same day that we had this shooter in Texas, there was an individual who tried to breach a California school, was kicked off campus, took their car, and plowed down some school children. And obviously a shooting is going to take precedent because of how many people were killed, how many children were killed. But that happened, I believe, on the same day. And we've hardly heard anything about it because it is just not our our mental, you know, trigger. Not it's not getting us in the heartstrings. We have children, so then we make the connection that our children are unsafe at school. Chicago, in the last year and a half, has had four hundred children under sixteen shot. Do you feel for those four hundred children? Absolutely. Have, have you begged for guns? The same people who are begging for guns to be taken away right now, have they begged for those for the 400 children? No, they they find their political peace and they turn it into something political. Don't believe me? Then why haven't they been doing it for the 400 children every time there's a weekend shooting in Chicago? Why aren't they running across the stage tout, you know, with a Beto going up and shouting down a police captain and the governor. Why isn't he going and and doing that in, or someone similarly situated to him in Illinois doing that in Chicago? Because it doesn't meet their narrative. And you're 100% correct. There's probably a lot of local people that are very upset and trying to fix it. However, it's not making national attention. If it is, very minimal. And then the problem is, of course, always the gun. The gun shot somebody, not the person. We're not looking at the whole picture. We're not saying, okay, 
not only do we need stricter gun laws, because that's the only thing that we're, we're being given as the alternative. You hate children unless you want whatever archaic strict gun laws that they can think of. Repeal the Second Amendment, all of that stuff. You say, okay, well, what about mental health? Can we look into a bill that helps people with their mental health? No, you just hate children unless you want to get rid of the guns. So this would be the same people that want gun control, or in the case of the people from The View, they want to abolish the Second Amendment while they're protected by armed security, are this very same folks that want our southern border open and porous, and they want fentanyl coming up from the southern border by way of China. And we have 100,000 deaths this year or last year, 2021. 100,000, not 19, 100,000. Right. They don't, they don't care and they don't, they don't see the level of hypocrisy and they want to repeal the second amendment while being protected by people with guns. They want stricter gun laws, but not for the people protecting them. They do not see it as hypocrisy. They see it I, the only place that we have a gun-free zone right now, I shouldn't say the only place. There are people that put up signs all the time that say this is a gun-free zone. So let me walk that back. One of the biggest places that we have right now as a gun-free zone are schools. Since 1990, schools have been gun-free zones. So the view women can sit and say speak their peace knowing that there's armed security at their building the president can go places knowing that he has armed security the vice president can go places knowing that she has armed security the house of representatives they get on site the senate same thing they have armed police capital police security guards whomever wherever they go and they've made since 1990 schools gun-free zones and then here's this list of schools that has been passed around the internet for all of the shootings that have happened on school campuses or near school campuses well guess what you made them the sitting ducks and that is republican and democrat alike because i believe the gun-free zones was bipartisan supported so they made our children sitting ducks. But now, oh, it's evil Republicans saying, hey, maybe we should walk back those gun-free zones. Maybe that's a part of the problem. Maybe we should dive into the psyche of people and get in their head and find out what's going on. If it's not video games, if it's not school, if it's not their upbringing at home, if it's not COVID, what is it? What is the underlying issue? It's not the gun. The gun is an inanimate object they're using as a tool. Right, because the Boston Marathon bombers are known as the Boston Marathon bombers, not because they used guns. So it is not just the guns. And there are people who are plowed down by cars at Christmas time and killed. So again, That wasn't by way of gun. Bad people are going to do bad things. So jumping into their psyche is absolutely important. If you look at what just happened in Texas, you have a case of an individual who was known by peers to be mentally unstable, would get into fights all the time, would take boxing gloves 
around a city park and tried to get people to fight, apparently took a knife to his face just because he thought it would look cool. And yet this person has nothing on his record that says, oh, mental health issue. We, we just say, oh, no, it was the gun's fault, not, not a mentally unstable person. Same with the one in Buffalo, New York. Last year, when asked what he wanted to be when he grew up for his senior year, he said a murder-suicide perpetrator. He was visited by the police, but they didn't want to involuntarily commit him and put a mark on his record. Well, maybe they should have, because then he wouldn't have been able to purchase guns. So even when we have safeguards in place, people aren't using them. That's why I believe the very first people that should have background checks done on themselves are the very people that do the background checks for people that want to own guns. Are the mandatory reporters in Aurora, Colorado, the the individual who shot up the movie theater was seeing a psychiatrist who didn't want to be mean and report him as mentally unstable because it might inflame him. I'm seeing more of a pattern that it's not just someone who just all of a sudden snaps and goes off their rocker. They're off their rocker for longer and nobody is taking it seriously enough. So even if we had that mythical background check that's supposed to save us, it still wouldn't work. No, it wouldn't. And Sorry to be on this train, but if you look at what just happened in Sacramento, it was gang members who shot in a gang war uh, at a nightclub, and none of those guns were legally purchased. So we're also not looking at people getting their guns legally in all cases. As happens in Chicago weekly. Yes, and as happened in 2012 because the guns were stolen in Connecticut as happened in other cases too. So this solution that either you do A or you do B, you go this way or you go that way, it is such a short-sighted argument, such an incomplete argument that anyone who's arguing that it has to be A or B, one or the other, or you're you're just an evil person who hates children, or you're the most compassionate person in the world there to support the children, your argument is so incomplete you can't even see past the end of your nose it's very weak and we could go into another subject that parallels with children and and death and that but we won't we'll let that go because they look at things through a weird prism they really do yes and the mother of the shooter in texas i understand she's grieving right now as well but she made some interesting statements today that kind of boggled my mind And one was that she feels bad for everybody. However, she lost her son too. And I do think that that is something that we forget is that unless they partook in the crime themselves, this individual was not living in her home. And that's a whole nother side story. Right. They, they too are grieving the loss of their, their child in this situation. And probably the, I guess you could say the thought that they never thought it was that bad, or maybe that they just denied that it was as bad as it was. Well, right. And the other part of her statement, which kind of blew me away was that she said he had a reason why he did what he did. That kind of boggled my mind. Because I understand she's starting to grieve as well, but that was a statement that, to me, didn't fit with 
the crime or what had just happened. No, and apparently the cops had been called to their house before, and there was lots of problems with between her and her son. So he was living at the grandparents' house. Now, the grandfather has come out and said that if he had known that his grandson had guns, he would have turned him in because the grandfather is a felon and cannot have guns in his house. However, it, it's conspiracy theory time for me. I think that he knew or should have known because the kid was apparently sleeping on a mattress on the floor. So I think the guns would have been a little bit hard to hide. I could be wrong. He could have had the, the best spot for them. But if he admits that he allowed his grandson, who if not living with him would have been able to legally have the guns, but he allowed his grandson to have those guns in the home. If he admits to it, he would be arrested. Well, here goes Mr. Conspiracy Theorist, which I'm not saying this is any kind of conspiracy here. It was a guy that had issues and he killed a bunch of young children and a couple of teachers. However, at work, I talked to guys about this these mass killings and I call it the hot dog theory. Seems like when there's a lull and they're trying to push certain agendas all of a sudden we have a shooting. And I always called it the hot dog theory because I believe that some of these people, and it's been proven when they've psychologically messed with people through psychotropic drugs and got them to do things to perform in the ways the federal government wants them to, they get a call in the middle of the night and you hear a hot dog. And that triggers a response in them that the next day or so they do something way out of bounds. And what made me think of that was because it's a border town there's a lot of border agents that live in that community, which would tend to lean towards a lot of the young kids were probably kids of border agents. Well, one teacher was married to a border patrol agent, and he's the one who breached the school and took out the shooters. Right. So it well, really does seem like it was a part of that town. Well, I mean, we're having issues at our border. There's the drug wars. There's drug lords trying to push stuff up the borders. I'm sure that they take video and pictures of these agents. They know who they are. I doubt that that's what happened, but, you know, stranger things have happened in this world. Yeah, and our government's honest how often? Um, 100%. 100% dishonest. Yes, minus about 90. Yeah. You know, no, they, and they, are the, they are the ones that sent weapons south of the border with GPS trackers in them a few years ago. Oh, you mean the one that ended up killing a Border Patrol agent? Roger that. In their gun running? Yeah. In their gun running, they ended up killing that Border Patrol agent. So I understand it's conspiracy theory time. So we're saying things that are not proven. So if you have your own conspiracy theory out there, why don't you uh, send it to us and we'll give it a mention. Well, I know one thing that's not a conspiracy, and that's the billionaire Elon Musk who's asking the news media, why are we giving so much attention to these mass killers? Okay, so what's funny and not funny at the same time is, okay, why are we giving them so much attention? I can find their names. I, I did spend time Googling, and then it, it made me wonder if I was going to get put on some sort of a list because I was looking up all of these school shootings and mass shooters. But I could find, not just school shootings, but mass shootings in general. And I could find their names. I could find some information about them. I could find what the media 
wanted me to know about them. But what I could not find is some of the information that is immediately scrubbed. So as soon as they found out or believed that they knew who this killer in Texas was, they scrubbed his social media, they they canned it, and you can't find it anymore. So I've been trying to look for his manifesto. Not that I subscribe to anything that he says, but I wanted to know in 180 pages in his rantings and ravings, what did he say? And they blocked it from so many sites. They've scrubbed it so you can't find it. If you know where it is, maybe I'm just not looking in the right places, but they've scrubbed it from so many sites. But what I can find is specific news outlets take on specific portions of what he said, tying it to right-wing extremism. But what's interesting about that is when it was first coming out before it was scrubbed, was that he was actually anti-conservative, but he was apparently, or the manifesto that I'm talking about, I apologize, I, I think I said it was from the Texas shooter, I meant from the Buffalo shooter, that he was a racist who believed in the Great Replacement Theory, but he also had a lot of rantings and ravings against uh, conservatives. But now, if you try to find what was said, it's certain media organizations that have been allowed to review it that then give their take, and it's a very shortened take on how he is linked to the right wing. Right wing of what? The Democratic Party? Oh, yeah, no. The conservative, the the Republican Party. Even though he had rantings and ravings. So, originally you could see some of it, and then they just scrubbed it. And now they can say whatever they want because we can't read it. Well, it's interesting, though, because conservatives, Republicans, 99.99999% of them are not white supremacists. They're not Nazis. They're not communists. They don't hate people. They believe in the American way of life. They believe in all people in America, not the way these news media outlets try to twist it make it seem like it's somebody else and not you yeah a lot of it's funny i i will hear some of the descriptions of certain people on the right as given by the people on the left or the news media organizations and i think gosh that person is terrible i mean the descriptions are just awful and then i actually go take a listen so i'm like let me hear does this awful person really say those things The answer is usually no. If you listen to the person, it is so different from what is being portrayed. And so that's my, I want to know what's in the manifesto. Because so far, all I get to do is listen to that person who hates conservatives and hates Republicans link every bad person to conservative and Republicans, and there's nothing I get to see to back up that theory other than their statement. Welcome to the modern age of fake news. It really does feel like it. And so if this is what we're allowed to know, I've I've gotten into some arguments online where I've said my piece on how I believe that The government is not our solution to everything. So you could want less 
crazy people, I'm using that term liberally, less crazy people to own guns and but you can also want for better protection for our children and not making schools gun-free zones, I think, is one of the ways that we can help our children, help my children. I have children who are school-aged, and I absolutely believe that we should have parents who are concealed carry or even open carry be allowed to protect the schools. That's a whole side thing. So it's kind of like, uh, you can go back a little ways, I think you were a little younger uh, Ted Kaczynski. Does that name ring a bell? Is he the Oklahoma bomber? No, he was the Unabomber. Oh, the Unabomber. Yes, yes. Sorry. Yep, got my bombers. Uh... Uh, he was a mathematics professor. Highly educated man. It's interesting, if you look up the man himself, the years of his crimes, what he did, how many folks died, how many were injured. He had a long manifesto, too, and they actually released that one. And it was the longest and most expensive investigation in the history of the FBI at the time that he was arrested. And he actually was a registered dim. But if you look up his history, whether you use Wikipedia, which other search engine, nowhere in there does it say what his political leanings were. So how do you know that he was a registered Democrat? Because originally when it came out, you could read info on him and and learn a little bit about him, but as time went on, things started to change a little bit. Okay, so that's what has come out about the individual in Buffalo, same type of thing where he, it was coming out that he was anti-conservative, not that he was necessarily pro-Democrat, but he he did not align himself with conservatives or alt not even alt-right, he might have gone with the Great Replacement Theory, which is racist. Um, but he was his leanings were definitely not Republican. And he was open, openly definitely not Republican. But now you just have it where they are hiding his connections and then they get to say whatever he wants to say. Or he the, the media gets to say whatever they want to say about him. Same with his individual in texas where they try to i believe by scrubbing social media they are actually hindering the truth now i understand not giving him any extra notoriety but they do that anyway in their news reporting but then they just try to give the slant that they want to give because the information has already been scrubbed so they can say whatever they want to say Ooh, just read something interesting about kaczynski he participated in a study described by an author, Alston Chase, as purposely brutalizing psychological experiment where for three years he was subject to electrodes, sweeping and personal abusive attacks, and essays were used as ammunition to go after him by other students to just brutalize him for 200 hours. And I Apparently, the attorneys use that as part of his defense as to why he lost it because of the mind control techniques that were used on him. Okay, well, who who did this study? A, f- a fellow professor when he was, a, or not a fellow professor, but a professor while he was a student there. Was doing studies and it included A psychologist, him. Henry Murray, and he was a young student then and he agreed to do the study for three years. How did they convict him? Good question. Oh, I mean, I... 
it's funny that you think about the individuals who get off by reason of insanity. So if you look at the Aurora, Colorado shooter, he pled guilty by reason of insanity. And he was seeing psychotherapists. He had seen more than one. Apparently, he had been deteriorating. And it's funny that it's at a college. Who knows what else is going on? He was supposed to be a very smart individual. And then you have this just sheer breakdown and losing it. So how many how many college campuses are seeing this kind of uh, brutality? Well, lots, I'm sure. We've, we've done all kinds of experiments on people. Shall we go back to earlier podcasts? Tuskegee Airmen? Yep. We, we do Tuskegee lots Tuskegee of... Project? I wonder if anyone lost their mind, so to speak, through syphilis, speaking of the Tuskegee Project, and then they were convicted of any crime through losing their mind or going crazy that ultimately... Was the government's fault, and we'll never know about it. Well, I know doctors were told back then that if they treated any of them or told them there was a cure, they They, would lose their license and go to prison. Right, so you can't treat them, you can't help them, and the government's doing the right thing. Well, the Unabomber's manifesto was 35,000 words. Very interesting. How many uh, bombs did he set off? He lit off, I want to say, table of bombings. A one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, it looks like. Three deaths and a whole lot of injuries. People are crazy. They are. And so we should ban bombs because people do bad things. Oh, wait. Banning the object that they use doesn't solve the problem if they just find another way to do it. Same with the mass stabbings in China. Same with the bombing that happened in Manchester, England. Same here in the United States. We have bombs go off, cars drive people over. The cars drive over the people. You know, there's no driver behind it if you're reading certain media reports. The bombs set themselves. So why is it that we want to we don't want to ban cars? Right. We don't want to ban. I mean, technically, bombs are already banned. But if you look at flying, why didn't we ban airplanes? Instead, we reinforced cockpits. So why did we do that? Why didn't we ban the airplanes? So let's qualify this statement by saying what some officers do to people of color is absolutely unacceptable. Be patient with me. So now you look at all the communities across the country that were absolutely destroyed after the George Floyd incident and others. So then you have these young youth that see this, and this being people are being allowed to burn buildings, shoot people, kill people, run them over, beat them up, do all kinds of heinous crimes to them. And we don't prosecute. We let them go. So what does that tell our youth? That it's okay to do whatever they want. Yes. So then they get that in their mind that it's okay to do what they're seeing other folks do on television. Well, and then going along the lines of everything is racist or what we do is racist. A Democrat advisor suggesting Republicans pass the Patriot Act. 
in reaction to people of color committing crimes. So 9-11, the only reason why we reacted and passed the Patriot Act is because a person of color committed the crimes, forgetting that um, it had bipartisan support and that the bipartisan support in the House is 357 to 66 and 98 to 1 in the Senate. By the way, Biden, when he was a senator, voted in favor of the bill. So apparently it is only racism that causes Republicans to act. And then we get divisive. And so instead of treating the whole problem, looking at the whole picture, we do make it about race. And so when we make it about race, we say it's okay to burn down a city. You'll get away with it. Now we're looking at you, kid. You're fine. We really don't address the whole picture. (laughs) We just get divisive and say, it's okay to commit crimes. It's not okay. It is. It's not. Well, it's because we like to divide people into little tribes. And then we can control. And then we can have our way. So on that note, we are going to segue to other topics. It is a very deep topic, one in which we merely scratch the surface. There is so much more involved in what is going on in this country and just to say there is only one absolute solution unless it is put forth by the expert and not our experts and not our emotional side of us we won't get it right so then we will keep doing emotional things instead of doing what actually works so from that we will segue into our other topics for this podcast. Awesome. Let's segue. Can we segue to Rebecca Parsons? Rebecca Parsons. Yes, we can. So she's running for Congress in the state of Washington. In the state of Washington? Is she a Democrat? Uh, she is like Bernie Sanders. Oh, so she's a fake Democrat running off the Democrat ticket, so that way she gets the notoriety, but really she's an independent socialist? She is a democratic socialist. Okay, got it. So she posted a video last week saying that if she wins, she's going to help propose legislation that would allow the government to take houses, vacant houses, from people across America And give them to homeless and people that need homes. So that's just her new proposal because she actually encouraged people to go take over homes. Well, I guess that she ended up getting so much backlash that she's kind of changed her video a little bit. Said, Oh, no, 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 no. What I meant was we should buy the homes and use the homes for what their intended purpose was, was to put people in them. Oh, yeah, so you're going to buy the homes by forcing people to give them up for less than market value because we don't have enough money to buy these exorbitant houses in certain areas, and maybe the house itself isn't exorbitant, but the cost is. So we're just going to take them. Yeah, and she's the same person that says that $15 an hour minimum wage is antiquated, that it should be $30 an hour should be the minimum wage. It will never be enough. No, it it will will never never be enough, enough. and who in the you-know-what wants to pay 20 bucks for a hamburger at McDonald's? I don't. I for sure don't. Well, that's what drives these corporate business owners to automation. 
they take their life savings and their livelihood and invest in these companies to do what? They're there to make money. Yes. If their profit margins are minimal as it is, how the heck are they going to afford to pay their crew $30 an hour plus for basically unskilled labor? And what's going to end up happening is they're going to do like car factories did with car unions, robots. Right. And then they're going to be, people are going to be upset that they got let go from a position. They have no skills or that skilled labor is going to make just as much as unskilled labor. So then we'll be upset. Why did I spend four years in college when I'm making just as much as unskilled labor? We're going to drive up the cost of business. And then we're going to complain that $30 an hour isn't enough. Roger that. Because it will never be enough. It's never enough. The background checks are never enough. Unemployment is acceptable now at a certain level, even though there was plenty of work for four years for everybody in America. So you know what else is not enough? Tell me. What is not enough is how much water we have. How much water we have in California. How much you reduce your consumption. So far, we're not able to reduce enough because we've just been threatened again that we have to reduce even more. We're going to lose the ability to water any lawns. One thing I don't understand on that is why haven't they stopped the businesses from installing pools? Anywhere in California, if we have a water crisis, that should have stopped years ago. So we're still allowing businesses to install pools while telling people that their 50 gallons that they use to do their laundry and to uh, take a shower is just too much. Well, I think less than 2% of the water usage in California is for residential. So it's for commercial. Yes, So one of the things that came to my attention recently is commercial growing of marijuana. Mary Jane. Mary Jane. Whether you believe that it should be legal or not, not an issue for me. You want it to be legal? Fine. Should not be allowed to be grown in California when it is unnecessary. Should have to grow in a water happy state. A water having state, really. We should not grow a thirsty crop here. And marijuana is an unnecessary thirsty crop. So why do we still have it? So we need to get rid of marijuana. We need to switch people over to drip irrigation from flood irrigation, if that's what we need to do. If we want people who have water rights farming to change how they water we do need to step up and help them because there is a huge cost in that market and help them there so we can have food grown up and down california that is necessary for us to eat and sustain ourselves but why are we doing things that use up our water because as we say all the time the government is creating the problem and they say that They are the solution. Yes. Because that's a very good point about marijuana and not its usage, but its growth in a state that has limited water resources. They need to move it to states that have high water resources, and they also need to start regulating it like they do regular farm crops. 
since from what I'm led to believe and been told and understand, when they fertilize, whether they use fertilizer, fungicide, herbicide, whatever the case may be to make it grow and to keep the weeds out of the weed, they're not regulating it enough and there's water runoff that's polluting land down below it. So again, we have fake solutions, I guess. We really are going with fake solutions because if we are, even if we are 10%, I'm going to up your 2.5% and say we're 10% of the water usage. How is making sure that showers are shorter and that you don't water your lawn, you don't wash on the same days you take a shower, you don't do your laundry or run your dishwasher on the same days you take a shower because, you know, 50 gallons a person, they want it to be even less than that. Even if people reduce their consumption by half, we still have a water problem. So why are they, again, they're, as you noted, they're creating the problem so they can be the solution. It doesn't matter what we do. It will never be enough. Also, why are they allowing more people in if humans are the problem? Why are they allowing anyone to move to California? You think that they would have put up a border and did an all-stop, like, hey, we can't even support what we need now, not only with water, but with electricity. We're encouraging more use of our system through electric vehicles. We're encouraging people to buy electric, and in fact, by what, 2030, 2035, something like that, all new cars have to be electric vehicles. So if we're encouraging the consumption that we cannot produce at the levels that it needs to be produced, who's the problem? That's why I always call it the maximum occupancy rating. If you look at a building when you go inside to eat or to go shopping, there's always a sign at the door, outside or right inside. This building can house 500 people, 200, 1,000, 10,000, whatever the case may be. I think we're close to our maximum occupancy, and we need to look at deaths in the state by month, people moving out to different states, and we need to bring in people according to what's leaving. Right, and it's it's kind of interesting that we wouldn't have a maximum occupancy based on how much electricity we can consume, so people per consumption, how much water we can consume, people per consumption, and call it a number. Okay, we can do this much. Anything after that? We can't do because there's, according to our leadership, there's only so much water that we can consume. And us, you know, 50 gallon people got to cut it to 42, down to 38 in so many more years. So if that is an issue, which I'm not saying it's not, but if that is an issue, why isn't the solution no more people? And in fact, we'll pay you to move out. We'll pay you to move out of the state. We don't have the water or the electricity for you. Why aren't they paying people to move out? Kind of like they were doing in Hawaii to get homeless and them to come home. Yeah, they would buy them a plane ticket. To California where there's no water. <laughs> but if you look off the coast of California, there is this big old pond called the Pacific Ocean. Oh, but or, desalinization is just a terrible idea. Or somebody I know calls it the specific ocean. It's a very it's a very specific ocean. Yes, and we have desal plants. I think we have about 22 to 24 of them along California. But there's so many regulations 
because you pump brine back into the water, brine is salt, higher percentage. So we could it actually... It changes the makeup of the yes, ocean. Yes, we could act well. That's is the, what the claim is. It yes, changes the makeup, the claim, therefore you can't. And that's debatable because I have a solution for that too because I'm a simple guy and I have simple solutions. So Catalina Island, just off the coast, they have two desal plants. But the EPA, water rights boards and all them, will only allow them to pump a certain percentage because of the brine. However, there's a lot of vacant land on that island. And you do what? You do like they do in San Fran with actual salt fields. You let the salt water flow into it. You close off the inlet. You let the water evaporate. What do you have? You can sell that salt. You sell that salt. So you do the same thing over at Catalina. Send you, it over to the hippies that want you, nothing but natural yes, salt. Yes, you pump the brine. You let the rest of it evaporate, and you sell the salt. Well, if we're truly in the midst of climate change and the oceans are rising, wouldn't a logical thinking person say, hey, I could put up a bunch of desal plants, and I can balance out the rise of the oceans by what? Making fresh water and giving it to people that need it. No. Simple thought. I'm sure the experts have thought about that, but there's reasons that they're not doing it. Because their money is not in that business. They want it where it's at. Wherever their money is, whatever they're invested in, that's going to be where it's at. Because as soon as, or sorry, right before Biden announced that the federal fleet was going to go electric by whatever year he wanted it to go electric by, Somebody Nancy made some money. Pelosi's husband made money off of those investments. Same with others. He's not the only one. And any representative who's doing that single stock scheme and making money off of future decisions, they should all go to jail, but they're never going to go to jail if they lean left. Well, if they're really in the business to help their constituents is what they get voted in for, maybe they should help their constituents invest and make money. Why do we need brokers? Why do we need investment bankers? We have congressmen and women that apparently do it better than the experts. And then they claim not to know. I don't know how I made all that money off of things that I just happened to make decisions on right before it became public knowledge. Fell out of a tree and right into my bank account. That's weird. It just happens that way. It's magic. It is. But that's okay. You know, if we end up with Stacey Abrams as governor, she just thinks that Georgia's the worst state and in the country she's to live in. Running for governor where? Sorry, she's a, it's the worst state in the country to live in. In Georgia is where she's running? Georgia. I don't know. I think California's a little bit ahead of Georgia on the worst state to live in. But according to her, she thinks that Georgia is just the worst state to live in. But she wants to run it. I, I'm sure there's something in there about she could make it better. She's a very intelligent woman, and she could turn them around politically and make it work awesome. Speaking of elections, Pennsylvania. Dr. Oz. Dr. Oz. Recount. Mandatory. Right, because the split between him and the uh, his 
I don't want to call it the person to, he's running off with, but the person that he is the next closest to, because I think there was more than two of them, is within 0.5%, yeah, I want to say. 902 votes. Yeah, 0.5% is the threshold in Pennsylvania to do a, a mandatory recount. It's not, anyone doesn't have to ask for it. Now, if it's above that, I think you can ask for it. Right, it's required by law that it gets triggered. And Dr. Oz is hoping that whomever wins, they get it over quick so they can prepare to go against the socialist, John Fetterman. And McCormick, who is the one that's close to Dr. Oz, actually tried to sue the GOP there in Pennsylvania. And the GOP, the local GOP, said, "Uh uh-uh, we're not going to change the rules we're not going to take ballots that have not been dated properly by hand and accept them and let them be counted. Rules are there for a reason. So I get that, and I think of the number of times that I may have gone and uh, like not dated something. So I do understand where they're coming from. A date is one thing. Was it turned in? Was the envelope receipted in time? That sort of thing. I think that it's getting a little bit into the weeds on whether or not somebody hand-dated their signature line. I guess to me that's where I would say like you go in person and you have to vote and like the date is added (laughs) the day of your vote. Uh, Maybe I'm wrong on that one. There's just too much... Monkey business. But if you, I do get though, if you change this rule, why not another rule? Why not, you know, whether or not you can use blue or black ink? Okay, this person used pencil and he raced all over the place. So should we allow that? Which is why during the beginning of COVID, when we had the last presidential election, believe what you may as to who won, who didn't win, who cheated, who didn't cheat. They were bending the rules all over the country. And it caused mass problems. And if you look at the state of the economy right now, I think we should have went the other direction. Yeah. And I I do believe in, uh, I guess you can call it a different theory on stealing an election. And it's not just, I know there is a lot in did this, I won't say their name, but it did this particular computer system switch votes from one party to another or move them from jurisdiction to jurisdiction because that's something that was argued in different courts but another way i can see stealing an election and mind you this happens every single election because go and look at your october surprises something we've talked about in previous podcasts but go look at your october surprise and swaying people's opinions on October surprises. So the trial that is currently wrapping up, and we'll see if Sussman is is or is not convicted of lying to the feds, that happened to be surrounding whether or not the Trump-Russia collusion was truthful. It was not. The dossier on Trump was faked. All of the information that was dropped out of that was completely fake fabricated and we spent tens of millions of dollars as a country investigating these fabricated claims it has come out completely fabricated people by the way won pulitzer prizes for reporting on the fabrication not that it was fabricated but they were reporting on the fake information as if it was real and won pulitzer prizes another side story anyway long story long 
Does an October surprise equal a stolen election? Something that big. It didn't sway people. In this particular case, Trump still beat Hillary. But it was still hanging out five years later, four to five years later, when Trump was running again. Because it started in 2016. We were still hearing about it in 2021. He lost in 2020, so that's four years later. It's still hanging around. Is it stolen when you use fake information? So Dr. Oz, I know a lot of stuff was floating around there. Is a signature line fake information? Is a dated line fake information? Is whether or not he's a real doctor fake information? Like, what about that side of things? Would that be like Dr. Biden? Is she a real doctor? She's a doctor of education. She has an EDD. So, yes, she is a doctor in her fields of education. Now, there are some who claim that she got her degree with a really bad dissertation, but it was accepted, and she was awarded the degree. So, well, didn't her family have something to do with the school with which she got said degree? I don't know if it was from the school in which she got said degree, but she was the head of a school that went defunct, and there was millions of dollars pushed around there. Maybe so that's, that's a whole nother, okay, that's yeah. a whole nother story. Maybe that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, so they were involved in a defunct school. Millions of dollars being pushed around there. So does... I'm trying to answer your question, but not with a question about a stolen election. I believe being the simpleton I am, that, and I think I said it about 20-some episodes back, there's no way that a man that was hidden in his basement garnered enough votes nationwide to win the presidential election by, see, how do they do that? They don't do it with votes. They do it with the Electoral, electoral college. college. Yeah, which is partially... Based on votes. Yes, I know it is. And I know how it works. I know how the whole system works. Mm-hmm. However, back up two sentences, no way. No, there is no way. I, I personally agree with that. So let's talk about the next October surprise, Hunter Biden laptop scandal. Yes. So in the case of Trump-Russia collusion, there was nothing to support that. Nothing, you know, the dossier wasn't handed over to the news media and they're like, hey, we got it. We verified it. We can run with it. They just ran with it with the Hunter Biden laptop again in October surprised, which I I guess it, it was hopeful that it would get out sooner, but it never did. The everything surrounding that laptop was blocked, deleted, and news organizations had their their media sites just completely canned and taken offline with again no no information or no support was the claim like oh you don't have anything to support what you're claiming it's like okay well four years ago you didn't have anything to support what you're claiming but you accepted it and ran with the story so why is this one different so there was media collusion there to help suppress a story that turned out to be legitimate and that's the difference between the the hunter biden laptop and the Trump-Russia collusion is one was all over the place and untruthful. And one was just blocked everywhere and was completely truthful. So you and your sister are two of the smartest people I know. 
I don't do drugs because you, you know what? No, 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 no. Joe Biden said that Hunter Biden was the smartest person that he no, knew, and he no. <laughs> he he uh, had me, prostitutes and did drugs. So I don't know if I want that compliment. So they telegraphed, they being a senator from New York, telegraphed exactly what was going to happen to Trump his entire term. Why do I say that? Tell me. Trump said. When he gets into office, I am going to drain the swamp. Yes, that was his big thing, drain the swamp. And then what did Schumer say shortly after that? Probably like, you're not going to drain me on these. Don't mess with the Secret Service, the FBI, or the CIA. They have ways of getting back at you. Oh, the FBI and the CIA were both involved in the Trump-Russia dossier scandal. I guess they did help, didn't they? Yes, they did. And it wasn't just the Russian scandal. It was making a statement to the Ukrainian leadership. It was going up to the White House and having ice cream at 4 o'clock in the morning without a Secret Service agent holding the spoon for you. It was getting in Air Force One, sitting and facing backwards while the airplane's heading north, you're heading south. It was every excuse they could come up with for four years to derail his agenda and from me watching him from the outside, he's probably one of the strongest men that's ever been in office there and probably just one of the strongest humans alive in America because he withstood a barrage for, I don't know, 365 times four. That many days, plus the pre-presidential run when he was running for president, they tried to eviscerate the man. And he kept charging forward. And look what he did for us. Pretty good economy. Pretty good business dealings. Took us out of a bunch of crud that we shouldn't have been in. Right. With the, just as a reminder, the Paris Climate Accord was terrible for the United States. And we did better after we left it as far as our carbon emissions and all of that. We did better as a country. So we didn't need it to do better. And in fact, we don't need more government regulation and involvement to do better in places. And that was one thing that Trump promised was for every, you know, regulation two had to go. So he was a deregulation guy. Which there's a state that does that. They go in and look at their laws and for every law they pass, they must remove a like law. Well, we don't need, uh, how many laws do we have that contradict themselves anyway? So there's a bunch of laws on the books that are terrible anyway. We need to get rid of them. And adding more regulation, more paperwork, more problems, more headache. The, not that we don't need government oversight in places. There is a reason for some government oversight. But we take it so far that all it is is us spending money at tenfold to try and do the one thing we're doing meaning to accomplish well that's interesting you say that because that was part of a statement that elon musk made when he was talking about mass murderers and given too much media time he also said for the first time in his life as a registered democrat he's going to vote republican he's never voted republican this midterm he's going to vote republican because why because he feels that this crop of democrats are controlled by special interests, and unions. 
Well, and they really are. They're beholden to the wrong people. You should be listening to your constituents. Yes, they're not, not being... working for the people. Mm-hmm. For sure. And if you look at government oversight, government regulation. So what happened with our baby formula shortage in part was that apparently the factory that was producing the baby formula was not up to snuff. And a whistleblower came out and said, hey, we are producing baby formula in a factory that should not be allowed to to roll right now. So the FDA, being the FDA, took three to four months to go out there and check it out after they got the whistleblower who came forward to state their piece. And then lo and behold, yes, the factory was not in a good condition for producing baby formula. So they shut him down. And they said, you'll fix this. And they said, oh, yeah, we will. So they go and they fix the factory, clean it all up, get all the problems taken care of. It has taken an additional four months almost for the FDA to come back out there. And I don't even know if they've actually come back out or if they just said, okay, you you said that you cleaned it up. We believe you. But they almost four months later, here they are. Uh, in June, actually, they'll be allowed to start producing more baby formula. And then they're saying that it will take at least until July to get it places. Well, if them moms would just breastfeed, we wouldn't have this problem. Yeah, thank you, Bette Midler. She's such a Because that's lady. the way it works, right? You know, well, just do it. Just, just get it done. So the FDA, knowing that they shut down a factory that produces the majority of baby formula had no plan in place to come back and make sure that they were up to snuff to help them get back to producing. So instead of it being a government problem, oh no, it was the, it was the company that had problems and it's all their fault. Even when they made it better, they still had to wait for the FDA to give them the all clear and wait and wait. And they're still waiting. They should have had FDA people posted there at that site, watching them clean Making it Making sure that they were cleaning it And up inspected to them right away to stand, absolutely. And I'm sure there's probably one inspector for every 5,000 businesses because we run lean. Well, that's something that they're claiming is that the FDA budget is not big enough to send people places. But I think the government budget is a little bit too bloated considering we go into the negative every year. So we're doing something wrong and we need to make it right. So we have a real issue with food, you know, not just formula. We have food shortages going on right now. Do we now? We do. And China wants to make sure that they don't have to rely on any other country for their food. So we exported $1.62 billion worth of seeds, vegetable, corn, soybean, and grasses in 2020 to China. And now China wants to genetically modify those seeds they would do that no matter what anyway. So they, they could produce that's just their who own they are. food. Yeah. And I don't blame them for wanting to produce their own because they're way overpopulated. I think they just need to have better controls on their COVID and they would knock the population down and they wouldn't have to do this. Just kidding. Yeah, they didn't uh, get that stranding right and take out all of the right people immediately. It's taking a little bit too long. Speaking of that, taking people out, can we talk about COVID? Go ahead. Omicron, BA2 dot blah, 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 dot blah, 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 is making a little 
headway here in the U.S. Cases are up a bit, but we have such good... Here, let me, let me put this word out for everybody that doesn't believe it. Natural herd immunity. Never heard of that before because uh, a certain doctor told me that that wasn't a thing. So I've never heard of that being a real thing because said doctor just said not a real thing. Well, I think now that they've made their money off of their thing, now it's okay to say the natural thing works. Right, because they get their percentages of every shot and they get their percentages of a lot of drugs that are related. They get a lot of money, a lot of kickbacks on what they approve. So, of course, they had no side agreements with anyone to promote certain properties inside right certain shots or drugs let me qualify my statement by saying that hybrid immunity for the elderly above 70 years old and folks that had this new term that has come out the last two years which it's already been there but we all know it now comorbidities and we know what they are, so I'm not going to run the whole list down. It helped for the short term. Unfortunately, or fortunately for them, they're old enough that when all of these side effects, unfortunately, start taking effect for a, even if it's a small percentage, a certain percentage of people, they'll probably be gone by then. So it'll be okay. So it prolonged their life, potentially. However, the teens, the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s that are going to experience these side effects and one of the ones I just heard about yesterday was cancer. Potential for more cancer caused by the vaccine. Hopefully, they're wrong on that account as well. Yes, but even if, let's say, unfortunately, that they're not wrong, the vaccine manufacturers are exempted from any sort of liability. The government is not going to take responsibility. We have vaccine courts, but really going through them is uh, extraordinarily difficult and doesn't usually lead to a good outcome. You have to prove what the government's hiding, basically. And so even if true, the person is on their own. Government does not hide things. Agent Orange? No, they don't hide things. Not like they had Gulf War Syndrome. Gulf War Syndrome? Had what was going on there. What they're not going to hide is the connection. And even when there's stuff like a high school that had contaminated soil... We talked about this a few episodes back. So there was a high school that apparently way back when had contaminated soil from, what would you call, like nuclear rods? Yes, it was from a nuclear facility where they moved the soil as backfill so they could get the correct grade so they could build the school. So it was nuclear related, we shall call it. Yes. The exact of what they did as far as what was contaminated and what was put on. We'll leave that for the said experts. But there was nuclear contamination on the high school and a bunch of students over the years, former students because they you know, became adults, had the same rare cancer occur in their body. 
Well, an investigation by the government has occurred. And according to the New Jersey Woodbridge Township, there's no link to the cancers among the residents who attended the local high school. So they are not going to let you know that they did a bad thing, even when it's a rare cancer and the likelihood is that it is linked. I mean, come on, rare cancer, nuclear waste. Mm. That sounds like a little local community not too far from us called Kettleman City. That's where a lot of the asbestos was pulled out of the ground to make insulation, caulking, window sealant, um, additives to paint. Well, then they found over the years that asbestos was bad. So they obviously have a dump site there where they put it back. And a lot of mothers were having um, deformed babies in the same community. And they did a study, and I can't remember the lady's name that was involved in another area where she actually won her case. Erin Brockovich. Thank you. Well, they ended So up, that was also with PG&E, by the way. Yes. They ended up losing, I believe, the one there in Kettleman City because they said there was no link. Well, you can't have... 50 women, have 50 children, have 50 deformities, and say there's not a link. Right, and then in the the movie, what was publicized as far as Erin Brockovich is concerned was a different area, different avenue, contaminated water. And so it had to do with PG&E and contaminated water, kids swimming in the PG&E facility, among other other contaminations happening and how long did it take? How much did they have to prove? How many people had to have a hysterectomy by a young teenage, early 20-year, you know, age? And they'll still say that it's not connected. No, generally they wait until everybody's dead or 90% of them are dead. So the payout, if there is one, is very minimal. Now we have one, though, in the U.S. military with earplugs. So the 3M and military earplugs has been going on for some time. Some, it's funny because some of the court cases have said it's related. Some have said it's not it's related. Not. But you have too many people with what was ultimately a botched earplug. Sorry, 3M. And I understand why you don't want to take liability, but they tried to make something that was more workable for a bunch of people, and then they made something that didn't protect enough for... Those same Isn't that interesting how we work these things? You have medical issues like that where it's life-threatening, life-altering. Then you have, I'm not going to say the name of the grocery store, but I know the people that were involved and how big it was, but you had a grocery store that was based out of Utah. That There was one of their stores that had a harassing manager that was harassing employees, sexually harassing females. So they did a class action lawsuit, and every grocery store across the country that was owned by this company, all of the females got a payout. So why do you get a payout if you were never harassed? And then other people who were harassed don't get as big of a portion. No, because, because it's proportionally spread out over 5,000 right. females. And I'm not saying that it shouldn't have been paid out, absolutely, but it should have been the people involved. Like class action lawsuits really make me... Put a big old question mark on things. Like if you were affected and you didn't realize you were affected, you should still be paid out. Well, it's probably their best opportunity to actually be successful in the lawsuit instead of just going after that person as an individual because they think the sum total of the parts, they're going to get a mass amount. Right. 
And that person is going to end up getting more than they would had they just done a, an individual just lawsuit. Just a one-on-one yeah, a one-on-one lawsuit. Yeah. More gravitas. There's more power in numbers. There is. There definitely is. And it, it it is quite amazing that you can you can be the affected party. Do you feel better because somebody else who wasn't the affected party got a payout, but you would have got nothing otherwise? So who's this woman that they just found in an abandoned home? The missing Ohio woman. Anastasia Hamilton, but yes. I'm not exactly sure who she is. She was only found that dead she was in an missing. abandoned home. I do know that she was missing, but that is literally all I know was that she was missing. It's amazing how somebody can come up missing like that to not be found. And I don't mean being found dead. That's very sad. But we had one young lady, young woman here in our community during the holidays at a Target that disappeared. I want to say it's been almost 20 years now and never found very sad. It's, we are just so, so messed up. We are. And there's a variety of things that could lead to why somebody disappears. They want to or they don't want to. They were kidnapped. They left voluntarily. They had other plans. Family didn't know about it. There's all kinds of reasons. Like even looking into uh, a case in Texas where a dad was at a sporting event with his daughter and She goes to the bathroom and he's waiting, waiting, waiting and realizes that it's been too long. Even if there's been long lines, he realizes that it's way too long, goes to look for his daughter, can't find his daughter, goes to find security who happens to be off duty PD, reports that his daughter has not returned to her seat. And ultimately what they tell him to do is go to report at the local police precinct, not at the sporting event stadium, but at his local police precinct, which is in a completely different city, that his daughter is missing, essentially turning her into a runaway. And the police themselves uh, didn't do a report at the local stadium. And then at the police precinct, they said she disappeared out of a different you know, area, so it's not our area of responsibility. They had to go, they being the family, had to go seek outside private help who ultimately found that the daughter was being trafficked in a different location. I believe they even got her out of state. And so they were able to go effect a rescue of said daughter who was a minor. And if it wasn't for whatever connection they had to find this private organization to help them, they wouldn't have been helped. So I do wonder how many times it's just a missing persons case when really someone's kidnapped. So they didn't take it seriously. It was over a week and they weren't investigating it as anything other than a child runaway. Doesn't matter if she was 14, she ran away or not. The young lady needs to be sought after and found. Right, so she could have been duped. Let's say she did run away at 14. She could have been duped to run away and then became a trafficking victim. She was 14. Yes, hormones running. She gets hooked on somebody on the Maybe internet. Maybe a boy. boy. She thought a boy was interested yes. or whatever. It doesn't matter the reason no. she's a minor. And no. then it was just like, eh, whatevs. Yeah, we need to focus more attention on it. You want to, let me tell you a quick story, sidebar story about 
somebody taking too long to come out of a bathroom. So I know of someone, co-worker, that their aunt was in Mexico on vacation with family. They're driving up, coming back to California. They stop at a border town to use the restroom and get some gas at a gas station. At the time, um, kidney harvesting, uh, organ harvesting was a big thing. So they're waiting for the auntie. She doesn't come out of the bathroom. She doesn't come out of the bathroom. Finally go. They get the manager of the gas station. They open the door, and there she is laying on the ground bleeding. Somebody had cut out a kidney. Wow. At a gas station. Wow. Yes. And they were there, and they still didn't know that someone was there. Correct. Wow. Yes. It was nuts hearing that story. That is absolutely bonkers. Yes. Okay, so looking into Miss Hamilton, apparently she was seen on May 21st, but then wasn't reported missing until two days later. Now, if it was because the police wouldn't allow the missing person's report till 48 hours later, that's one thing which I still don't agree with, but that's one thing. However, if it took two days to report her, my uh, conspiracy theory vote is it's a significant other. It's somebody close to her. I'm going to agree with that. And it's unfortunate that this happens way, way too often. Yeah, I think of some of the stuff that I've done in my life, and I'm thankful that I'm not dead. And my example in this... I'm not laying any fault if she went and did anything. It's not her fault. Um, So I went to a baseball game in San Diego to see the Padres. And I went with a friend. And we met up at the stadium. We saw the game. It was great. And I parked at a train station that was a little bit away from the stadium. So I didn't have to deal with traffic and paying for parking. And I knew where I was going. And if ultimately I needed a place to stay, I had another friend that was nearby. So I go to get on the train to go back to my car after the game is over and it's late at night. And apparently I misread which train I'm supposed to get on because I get on it and immediately I realize it's going in the wrong direction. And so what I do is I get off at the first stop and I cross the road to come back, to go back to the stadium, so for the next train to to ride in the other way, go back to the stadium and get on the correct one. So there happened to be two police officers nearby, and they kind of give me the what are you doing here sort of thing, and I'm like, I just got on the wrong train, I need to go the other way, but they didn't really help me, give me any information, whatever, So I am waiting for the train to go the other way. My cell phone is dying. Of course, it always goes with the dying cell phone. And this was more than a decade ago, so it was a little flip phone. And a decent battery life, but not the best. (laughs) So I'm waiting. A train comes, and it says not in service. So the train goes. The next train comes, it says not in service. And the train goes, and now I'm getting worried. My phone is about to die. I can pretty much only call 911. That was my saving, the little bit of juice that I had left. Me trying to figure out, can I walk this? I'm in National City, not exactly the best city to walk in. And I am trying to figure out how am I going to get back to the 
train depot and then down to my car and I am worried. I kid you not, someone starts walking up to their car because there's a bunch of cars parked on the side of the road, sees me, says you're not from around here, and asks if I need a ride. I just say, I'm just trying to get back to the train depot. And they said, I can give you a ride. And so here I am like, this is not a good idea to get into a car with a stranger. But I need to get back to the train depot so I can get down to my car. And all of the trains are coming in that they're not in service. My phone is about to die. What do I do? So I interlaced my keys in between my fingers. I ultimately accepted the ride to the train depot. And the person actually offered to give me a ride to my car. And I said, no, I'll just take it to the train depot because I knew it wasn't very far. And I figured I could hop out of the car if anything. he tried to go any direction other than straight to the train depot. And he says, okay, he'll give me that ride. I go to get into the car. It's actually a truck. So I go to get into the truck. And on the side is a business logo. I look at my phone, which gives me my last blip of time. It is like 11.59 at night. And I hop into the truck. Again, that logo, Cinderella Carriage Company. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. So Scary, but funny. It is scary. And I don't think my dad has ever heard that story before. Nope. Because I've been too scared to tell it, but now I've told it. Long story long. This it worked out okay in the end. The guy gave me a direct ride. I hopped out. I Mark and Shannon are so much. And I, I continued on, got on the right train, got to my car. This production is protected by no problem. Clause. But what if the Until same thing happened to her? Phone is dying. Someone says, hey, I can give you a ride. You got on the wrong train. End result is not acceptable. No, it's not acceptable. And it's a good thing it turned out the way it did. For me, not for her. Yes. Well, that's what I mean, not for her, but for you. Because Jesus was looking out for you and for him. Because Jesus knows what would have happened had something happened to my little girl. So I'll tell you two quick stories along the same line, but no fear here. <laughs> so Have no fear. So working, for an, is working for an airline, doing a lot of traveling at the time. I'm in one of our big rider trucks doing a road trip to Seattle, Washington. So I stop at a gas station in Redding, fill the truck up with fuel. Some young kid, and I'm a young guy then too, but younger than me, is thumbing a ride. He's got a big backpack on. So I, my thought process was, okay, let's evaluate the situation, see what he looks like, talk to him, check his mannerisms. Seemed okay. I was just trying to get home. So I opened the back of the truck, and I said, your backpack goes in the back of the rider truck, not up front. So he puts it in the back. Gets in the truck, we start going. We're about 50 miles in. And I smiled, and I looked at him. I said, dude, today is not a good time for either one of us to die. So if you do anything stupid, I will flip this truck over on its side, and we will both depart the earth and he looked at me and smiled and said yes sir <laughs> one story second story coming back from a road trip 
driving through Oakland. I'm on the freeway. I run out of gas at two o'clock in the morning. I'm about oh gosh. I'm about oh I'd say a block from the exit. There's a little teeny gas station. I get out of the truck. I walk down the freeway. Get off the off ramp. I walk up to this little gas station. There's thick bars and two inch thick glass all the way around it. This young kid looks at me, this corn-fed white boy, and says, oh, hell no. And he actually walks out of there, gets a gas can, fills it up, closes the station, drives me to the truck, puts fuel in it. We go back down to the gas station, top off, and he says, young man, you could die tonight. Oh, get yourself out of there. Get your butt out of here. So off I went with a big thank you. And, you know, it was interesting. Two polar opposite stories. You being in charge, so to speak, and you not being in charge. One in control and one absolutely not being in control. It was very interesting. And not, not that anybody would have done anything to me there in Oakland. But he felt that it was an unsafe situation at 2 o'clock in the morning, being who I was there at that time. Wow. We live to tell about it, though, because guess what? That we did. We're podcasting. We're here. Yes. We are here. So have you heard any more about the Ukraine war with Russia? It seems like the postings on it are fewer and farther between than I think are necessary. But we're still sending money. We just sent them $40 billion dollars. Uh, we aren't having oversight on that money, so who knows what they're going to do with it. Our U.S. Army has signed a deal to backfill stingers for ourselves because so many have been sent to the Ukraine. Rayathon has netted a contract to build stinger anti-aircraft missiles to replace those the U.S. military has sent to the Ukraine. That is a really interesting thing. So I wonder who has investments in them. Sorry, I, I'm going to go down that hole. Nancy Pelosi. Who has investments in them? Because if we've sent our stockpiles and this private company has to make more, they are going to make money off of this war. And I know it's not a surprise to me, and I don't begrudge them for making money in the sense of capitalism. We we work to make money, and I do think that it's a better option than the government owning everything. But right now, the government is picking the winners and the losers. They've picked the missiles that they're going to send, and then the company needs to backfill them, which means a contract, which means they're making money, which means, to me, who has investments in them? That's called the military-industrial complex. So, unfortunate little tidbit, not unfortunate, but there's always a military tie somewhere with somebody. So the hero teacher killed in the Texas shooting was a Marine mom. Oh, goodness she was a youngster too my goodness she was only 48 very young lady pfc christian garcia is her son shout out to you there little man semper fi hoorah very sad sorry i'm i'm at a loss for words on on that i understand that not everyone would have survived because there was a gunman he was actively shooting but what could we have done different? And that that 
that answer of, well, if we just didn't have guns, yes, if we didn't have guns, if we didn't have bad people, if people didn't do mean things to other people, if we didn't have wars, if we didn't have bombings, if we didn't have, if we didn't have, if we didn't have perfect world, if we didn't have guns. Well, it's interesting that you kind of went off on that a little bit and said that because I asked and have asked people at work if we as humans are good people. And almost to a man or woman, they all say, oh, yes, we're great people. And I always tend to lean the other direction and say, I'm sorry, but we are not. And I say we are not because we would not have thousands of laws to regulate everything we do. Right, and we can take out the laws that are kind I don't know, I, I find this is the overregulated government burden. So one thing, jumping into a slightly side subject on this, but Harvey Milk. So Harvey Milk was known for a lot of things. He was known for LBGT, uh, in the LBGT community. But one thing that got him started in his political arena was running off of the idea that we needed to stop bad humans from allowing their dogs to poop in public places and not picking up after them. So he actually pushed for a law that would stop, or that it was a law that would make it illegal for a human to allow their dog to go to the bathroom and then not pick up after their dog. Hold that, freeze frame that. Okay, and you can continue. And now, take the Bay Area, I think where he's from. Yes. We allow homeless humans, homeless, to poop in the street across America, and it's okay. How the how far we've fallen. Yes. But, so he, he touted this law and got it passed, and people asked, how are you going to enforce it? And his response was that essentially we would peer pressure other humans into following it, like, hey, it's the law. You got to pick up after your dog. Now, even today, I see people walking their dogs, and unfortunately on the home, you would have dogs that would go to the bathroom, and then the humans wouldn't pick it up, and so you would be left to pick it up off of your front lawn, not your dog. And it is irritating, but there is a law on the books in San Francisco that got passed that said that humans needed to pick up after their dogs, but how many other laws end up on the books that while important are not as important as some of the other laws that we have out there, like thou shall not murder, thou shall not, you know, stab someone and making those things laws. But how many others of these things, like it's annoying to have a dog poop on your lawn and the human not pick it up, but should it be a law? Yes. No. But we we allow Maybe. humans to poop, but the dog the dog pooping now that's a problem. Well, we need to teach the dogs to pick up after themselves. Yeah, they're the smart ones. They control their humans. They need to tell their humans. Especially to pure pick breeds, up. they're a lot smarter than we are. So, in another area of government, we've talked about Title Forty Two and the history of Title Forty Two. So, within the history of Title Forty Two, it is a public policy public health policy 
that is decades old. It's been around for quite some time. But it was most recently used by President Trump because of individuals trying to cross the border and there being a crisis with a crisis with COVID. And so health reasons were enacted. So it's a public health and welfare statute. It's from 1944 and gave the Surgeon General later on the Center for Disease Control, the authority to determine what's a communicable disease in a foreign country and what poses serious danger when spreading into the U.S., either by people, property, etc. So we have this Title 42 that has been enacted because we have a health problem here in the United States, and we've been talking about it for the last couple of years, especially I will say especially Democrats have said that Republicans don't take it quite seriously enough. But then when it comes to people crossing the border and the use of Title 42, many on the left do not believe that it should be used to stop people from coming over, even though it's a communicable disease. Why I'm bringing this up is actually because of a Wikipedia page in which Title 42 which is 42, it denotes 42 of the U.S. Code, 252, which prohibits entry into the United States if the director for the Center for Disease Control and Prevention believes entry could introduce a communicable disease to the U.S. And then it says the section was activated in March of 2020 to turn away asylum seekers at non-ports of entry because of the COVID-19 pandemic. But this Wikipedia page fails to mention the whole history of it and the fact that Democrat-leaning individuals have talked about how terrible COVID is, but yet we want to allow people to enter the country during a pandemic with a communicable disease. So it's just kind of interesting to me that they'll talk out of both sides of their mouth, say it's a terrible disease, we all need to take it more seriously, except when, and then they'll insert the except when. And then Wikipedia on their page is just like, oh, it's a 2020 decision, not something that's been on the book since 1944. 1944. So why don't we defend our southern border? Voters. It's mean. Workers. Voters. Compassion. Does Mexico have a southern border? They do. I, at least I've heard. I, so I bet they protect their southern border pretty heavily. I think they have a shoot on site, but somehow people still get through, so I don't think they use it. It's 541 miles long. Geopolitically, That's this border smart. represents much of the western and northern boundary of the region of Central America within North America. Yeah, because they also border Belize. Yes. As well. Yes. So uh, I think we should remove our border. And reinforce the border between Mexico and Guatemala. I mean, we could do that. Uh, border Patrol, U.S. Border Patrol, has released suspected terrorists across the U.S. border. And then ICE had to actually go and re-arrest the suspected terrorists. And that apparently happens on more than one occasion. So we might as well just like take the border out anyway. Uh, in addition to not just having a terrorist, but we also had... Someone bent on assassinating former President Bush. Mr. Bush. So, I mean. Why? 
they were upset about the invasion of Iraq, and this particular Iraqi man living in the U.S. is accused of being an Islamic State operative and going after former President George W. Bush. Which he never got close to the president. He didn't, but he went apart with the the planning of it. So I do wonder how much the FBI was involved in helping to plan. Yes, and now they're saying he might have been an informant as well. I saw that on the news yesterday. A January 6th type informant. A Oh, speaking of January 6th. Gretchen, was that her name? Gretchen Whitmer. Yeah. Gretchen Whitmer. Yeah. Russia collusion. Well, I was going to say, speaking of a former, um, a former, sorry, January 6th type of person, there was an individual who is on trial, and when the media tried to go and watch the jury selection at the start of the trial, everyone was being prohibited from going in, even though it was supposed to be a public trial. So what's the government hiding? Corruption. Because it was what it was. It should have been over a long time ago. All the f- ridiculous fences they have around the Capitol should be taken down because it's more crud than reality. We've but, had more children die of people breaking into school campuses with their guns. So if we really cared about the children, and these are the same people that are telling us they care about the children, we should have the same perimeter erected around every single school well it's because a lot of these 80 year old congressmen and women and senators are scared of their own shadows they talk the talk but they don't walk to walk so we are going to jump subjects to somewhere yay a little less divisive there is such a thing no (laughs) so in san francisco at one of the high schools that was known for accepting students on a merit-based system and they just had a really they were a highly coveted school and people would apply to get in and it was based on merits that they would get in it's in san francisco lowell high school and it was regarded as one of the best in the nation Apparently, they are seeing a spike in D's and F's from the first batch of students that have been admitted in the fall of 2021 through the new lottery system instead of being accepted under a merit-based system. Really now? Yeah, so apparently just randomly accepting people who may not be academically prepared for said school turned out not to be a good idea. Wow. Yeah, they went from approximately 7.9% of a DNF rate to a 24.4% of individuals received letter grade D or F in their first year. So would it be better that we go to the English system over in England where basically your career path is chosen for you at a young age? No, I think we should be focusing on how to lift everyone up instead of saying people who are doing well need to be brought down or not given opportunities because they're already doing well. I agree. We don't look at lifting everyone up. And clearly throwing money at our problems is not working either because we spend a lot of money in California and we have very little to show for it. So let's stop doing 
what leftist policies have led us to do because yes. it's not working. We definitely don't get enough bang for our buck. Something that I would like to discuss is a woman that was just assaulted on a New York City subway while bystanders did nothing. So I look at some what just happened in in Texas and you had individuals who didn't rush in to help, so to speak, didn't good guys with guns didn't come and take out the bad guy with the gun right away. It took someone who said that they were going to strategically plan to hold everything off. And then apparently someone's husband who said, I'm going to handle this. And then they handled it and it took far too long, but you have a situation in New York city where a woman is getting assaulted is getting assaulted in public. Everybody is around this person because it's in a subway car. And nobody does anything. And they just allow this woman to get physically assaulted. So to everyone who says they would do something different when something is happening, do you take on somebody who's assaulting somebody else that you're like, yeah, physically they're bigger than me. Could I take them? I mean, this is a place that good guys with guns. I mean, no one seemed to be riding on the subway that day that said, I have a gun, I'll, I'll handle it. Or another uh, weapon of choice. They just allowed the woman to get assaulted. Nobody did anything. And then the person left the subway of their own accord. So what do we do about these bad members of society? Well, unfortunately, there's people that are not trained to handle a situation like that. And in their own mind, the fight or flight syndrome kicks in. And they're like, "Uh uh-uh not going to do it. And it's interesting you bring this one little story up because I was watching a podcast listening to a former Navy SEAL that I really like by the name of Jocko Wilnick, who has a very good podcast. And he talks a lot about this very subject. And he gets uh, emails and letters all the time. Okay, you're a pretty big guy. You're a bad, you know what? If you were in a situation to where you oh, just pick a grocery store and somebody was assailing somebody or wanted to pick a fight with you, what would you do? And he basically said, if the person was bigger than me, I'd run. I'd go the other way. Right, and we can say that we would do something different. Well, so, and I, I think it depends on who it is, too, because I know, I know peeps. I know people who have personalities that are such that if it's one of their own family members, you're going to get a different result from them. If it's somebody else, their mindset's going to go, well, you know, I really don't know this person. I don't think I should do this because this guy or girl is really big. They may be holding a weapon somewhere, so they let it go. Right. So a personal situation, I was in the car with my husband. And as we were driving here locally in Fresno, we pull up to a stoplight. And I'm just looking around, and a lady on the corner who's standing next to a man mouths to me, help me. And I look at my husband like, are you seeing this? But he's not looking in the same direction. So I look back at her, and I I mouth, help you? And she mouths, yes, help me. And so then I just, I tell my husband, hey, she just said, you know, mouth, help me. So what I did is I called 911, the light turned green, and the person was walking in the same direction that we were driving forward, so they started crossing in the crosswalk. I called 911, and I said what had just happened, where I was, and it appeared 
based on the conversation, that they had already received another call about something going on. So the police were already on their way. We kind of went up and down side streets and looking out for this person. And as we were going up and down the side streets, we come back to the main street, kind of look, okay, they're still walking this way. Things look okay. Then we would drive down to the next side street, do the same thing. The police came, and then they ultimately confronted the situation. Um, The 911 operator hung up with me, and I never got to know what happened. They said they had my information, and they would contact me if they needed anything else, but they didn't. They never contacted me. And I think about that. So what I did is I called 911, and we drove, and we kind of kept in the area. I didn't jump out of the car. I didn't confront the person. She said, help me. But I didn't see a physical assault, so I wasn't there like, okay, give me the tire iron. I'm going to do something about it. Or, honey, hey, you jump out. I'll get in the driver's seat. So, mind you, there wasn't a physical assault currently happening, but there was somebody saying, help me. So, I helped in the way that I thought that I could. And that was the appropriate thing to do because you do not know the psychology or the psyche of the person. Or even if it's a setup where you see cases where, okay, you walk out of a hamburger place and there's a lady saying that, help me, help me, and you get out and you run over there and her and the guy are in collusion together, or cahoots, and they throw you in the car and off they go. Right, so it's just kind of interesting of the, you keep yourself safe, you keep those around you. Are you required to sacrifice yourself not law enforcement, not, you know what I mean? Like you're not, it's not your job to run into a burning building. So are you required to sacrifice yourself because someone said something and you aren't trained for it? No. In my opinion, no. Would you try to do what you did? Absolutely. But too many things can go askew. However, and I know we spent almost an hour talking about Texas, but those officers are trained to run into that building. And I know full well, being a trained military guy, you want to go into the conflict after analyzing the situation and being as safe as you can and making the right decisions. But they they are trained for hostage and active shooter situations. And boy, did, did this get botched. 